0: Hey there!
1: Hi. Hey. hey there. Hey. 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 hey.
2: What's
1: up hey.
2: for you?
3: Hey.
0: Hey there! Welcome to Motorcycles, and this it's coming to you from the Recycle Garage in Sunny Santa Cruz, California. And today was another great day in the garage it was except there was a mishap with a pear but we will get to that (laughs) hey everyone nice pear (laughs) this is liza and i'm the proud owner of the pear tree in question
2: they're committed a crime it was a crime Uh against you it was a crime against my purse
0: Uh, (laughs) well let's just get to the the sultry tones of miss emma the victim Of the pear tree's crime. Emma, all I know is I looked over and it looked like you had vomited in your purse.
2: Your tree had vomited in my purse. And (laughs) God, there was so much of it. And if you go to our Instagram,
4: you can see your own picture of it.
0: Full disclosure, our chairs outside of the garage do sit underneath the pear tree. And I have been warning people, it's pear season. Heads up.
2: Right, and of course, these things are rotting on the tree, so when they fall <laughs> off, I mean, I'm not sure whether what would be worse, whether you get this nice, <laughs> plump, firm pear hitting you on the noggin, or this just, just <laughs> disgusting piece of rotten fruit. Um <laughs> And Evelyn actually got one down her back. <laughs> but no, a probably about a pound's worth of rotten pear fell into my purse. <laughs> and it was on my keys <laughs> and my wallet and just everywhere. It was disgusting.
0: <laughs> I got a picture. Ooh. Yes, I'm you did. Mm-hmm. And it, it does. Was, it like looks like someone involvement. It, it
2: really it's did. Bad. And it smelled. You shouldn't have had
4: that uh, last <laughs> gin and tonic. <laughs>
0: Anyway. Confession
2: time: I have vomited in my purse. <laughs>
4: Funny, because I vomited in your purse too. Oh.
2: Yeah, I know that. But that was that was pretty fetish kind of <laughs> thing, it wasn't it? <laughs> it
4: was.
0: Also in the room, running the board, it's Stumpy John.
2: Up, Stump everybody. And
0: John, we saw. Delicious. We did. We saw three of my favorite things all in one place this week. We did. Yes. Oh, bagel, you missed it. Oh, yeah, and of course. Bagels here in, in person. studio. You, 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 I am in the house. Yeah, so yep, I yep. I was trying to keep it a surprise, but then the, the only guy who wrote a Vespa today, he was leaving. I'm like, <laughs> you can't leave! And I was trying to mouth to him, and and, and he's like, what? And I'm like, what? Bagels on his way here. <laughs> <laughs> Just about like 15 minutes before you got here. Yeah. Um, no, so we went to the county fair.
1: Hmm. Yes, and we three did. Three of
0: my favorite things. It was meat on a stick, mm-hmm. monster trucks, mm-hmm. and motocross all mm. in one place. Wow. Yeah. And me and Megan came out with the boys. The boys and, made it so much fun. And uh, John and Mrs. Stumpy. And they the boys were like, they're what, two and three now, right? Yeah. And they were just had this excitement as these trucks are like, you know, yeah, we were in the front row too. They so didn't they even right care about us. the motocross bikes. They yeah. see that all the time. Right. These monster trucks and they're just like dancing and like, oh, 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 oh.
1: <laughs> can't contain themselves.
0: Oh, they were charged. Yeah, super fun. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then meat on a stick. <coughs> I mean, really, what better combination do you get? Chickens. Ma- doesn't, no doesn't ma- on, M. meat on a stick. Oh. Ma- monster ma- trucks ma- and motocross. Yeah. Perfect evening, yeah. There you go. Um,
2: but there were complaints, and you know you can have them here. Which ones? About <laughs> not the greatest organized event. It was a bit of a yes, yeah, shit show. And
0: yeah, when you have a a bunch of uh, volunteers, yeah, and it's always a problem. But at the end of the day,
2: did you have fun?
0: Yeah, and as John said, the boys really oh, made, it made it so much fun. Yeah, just seeing that. It, that excitement. I mean, it's just like when Bagel sees a scooter. So he does the same little happy <laughs> dance. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> the same enthusiasm. Um, I wanted to make some announcements at the beginning of this show. Oh, I think you should because I realize we're already like making all these plans for like next year and stuff. So, <clears throat> first off, hey, look, you know, take some of these with you, Bagel. Oh, we got mm-hmm. the, uh, the the cards for our rally. The yeah. rally. Rally, our misfits rally April eighteenth through twenty first, and you can sign up for it. At and that Breaking that away really
2: uh, kicks off our season, doesn't it?
0: BreakingAwayAdventures.com. com. No, we usually go desert. to the one show.
2: Well, and also that. desert season for us. Oh no, I think the one shows after that, sweetie. No, it's, no, there's Everywhere. aim aim expos first. There you go. Oh, That's AIM AIM the start AIM. of yeah. our season. Is the aim expo? Yep.
0: But um. We w- we're hoping people come and join us at our rally. It's going to be at Hollister Hills again. So it's really suitable for any bikes, but a uh, sport bike.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: As Emma, no, that's not true. I mean, Emma. I mean, you made it work. Uh, the, no, the I, riding outside of the park.
3: Yeah,
2: it's, it's, it's coming down that one hill, and that's yeah. largely why I brought Rufus because the riding is so good around Hollister, and I actually managed to get in. By taking the exit both in and out.
0: Yeah, just coming in, there's a downhill gravel road. That was a bit sketchy uh, for for your sport bike. But um, it's really, it's all bikes and scooters. Welcome. Yep. Bagel, you have it on your calendar?
1: It is now.
2: Yeah. And and I mean, the thing I want to point out is, as much as we are, the podcast itself is, you could argue it's um, R-rated, The weekend is a very much a family event and it's perfectly safe. There's, you know, long as
4: naked Jim gets his pants on.
2: No, he'll, he'll, he'll keep his pants on. But yeah, if you've got kids and you want to come up for the weekend, it's entirely suitable for children. We, we always have a good time. There's always plenty going on. Highlight, of course, is being served breakfast by Miss Emma on the final day. It's the best part of the weekend.
0: Yeah, we'll go with that. That was the best part. <laughs> no, it was
2: the highlight, being handed a lukewarm burrito <laughs> Say,
0: bugger off. But for people who want to uh, put things on their calendar, John, we've decided our Pakistan trips next year, we're splitting them up. We are, yeah. When is your trip?
4: My trip is essentially the first two weeks of June. Actually, I think you need to be there on the 30th of May and then back on the 13th, I believe.
0: And yours is The Lost Tribe, It's or Days Around the Mighty. No. Uh, oh, you're not on there. <laughs> I was on there. Well, you're not on there now. Anyway, I'll go ahead, and I'm going to promote yeah. Chickistan, because I'm doing something different this year with Chickistan. So uh, Chickistan this year, or next year, is September 14th through 28th. But I'm using the same rules as we did with Women Writers World Relay which, if you recall, was a, a ride for women, but men were not excluded. Men were allowed to sign up and come as a support person, as a, as a companion to one of the women riders. And I'm doing the same thing on this trip. So it's not a co-ed trip, but men are welcome. If a woman signs up and wants to bring their companion, who's male, they are welcome to come. Okay.
2: Don't you think that's a good? No, I think that's a, I think that's a good com- you know good compromise to to make sure everyone everyone's happy with it.
0: I think that's great. Exactly. So, if anyone is interested in coming on the trip and you can you know partner, you can bring your partner or your you know women can come right. solo, uh, go to a differentagenda.com and John, when is your trip? You said May?
4: Yeah, uh, it's May 30th through uh,
2: June 13th.
0: All right. And so, then
2: um, we have the Dolomites trip, yeah. which we've yet to finalize the exact date. It is going to be sometime in early July. And then its natural <laughs> companion, Castles and Curves, will be immediately afterwards. So I'm guessing, and it de- it depends on the riding season, you see. The thing is, um, Leo escapes does a lot of track day tours. And... My tour, which doesn't involve track days, is kind of squeezed in in between times. So that's why we're flexible with the time. But as soon as I know an exact date, but it's going to be early in July. And then we you can do castles and curves or dolomites or both or none.
0: Yeah. Uh, John, I found yours. It's May 29th to June 12th.
4: Yep, that's right. So if you want to join that, look for uh, go to differentagenda.com for either Liza's or mine. And uh for mine, look at the lost tribe and for Liza's look at Chickistan
0: so there's yeah there's a lot going on <clears throat> but of course you know we're gonna have our usual things we're going to I'm assuming one show and yeah the usual. days all that
4: um well we're also going to be Jim and I Scotty and perhaps others are going to be in the desert and anybody's welcome to come on the. Uh, 18th through the 22nd of October. Mm. We're going to be in Johnson Valley now. We're going to camp. So if anybody wants to come to that, make sure you drop us an email or, or a Facebook message or something.
0: Uh, where is Johnson Valley?
4: It's down uh, by you. It's uh, generally the Mojave.
0: Yeah, I was going to yeah, say generally it's Mojave. The Mojave. Next so we're the sort of between
4: like the Mojave and Joshua Tree. Okay. Cool. Pretty oh, neck yeah. of the
0: woods. It's beautiful. Make plans. So um <clears throat> I wanted to, let's talk a little bit about the garage today. Emma, you are on fire.
2: I fuego.
0: <laughs> you, uh. Push them in, ride them out. You, you fix the Amigo. Finally. So the Amigo, my little Trail 70 clone. And and I want to say full disclosure, that was one of the things uh, that I was looking forward in buying it, that you're going to have to like fix things and make it better. It's it's a bike you can tinker on, right? Yes. But it's had this fuel supply issue that ever at first was it was clogging the fuel filters and and, and the carburetor from gunk that was in the, the fuel. Uh, uh, but I pulled out the whole tank, cleaned it, rinsed it. The fuel filters clean. Yes. But it's still if you go and ride it for any distance, like a few blocks, it would die and people would have to push it back.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We couldn't figure out what it was. And it happened again today.
2: And full disclosure, I've never really worked on this bike up to this point. I've always been doing other things or, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, I'll finally, I'll take the bull by the horns. Because Nock wanted to go out with his child, Dylan, who's been hanging out with us.
0: Not Dylan, Sullivan.
2: Sullivan. Why did I call that Dylan? Sullivan child, very nice child, uh-huh. um, who wanted to go out riding. And, of course, I can't bear The, re-
0: the to- reason why Knock isn't here most Sundays. He's yes. hanging out with Sullivan.
2: Sullivan. And, of course, I, I can't bear to see a child disappointed. So <laughs> I thought, well, I'll take the bull by the horns and I'll actually try and fix this thing. So I dismantled the entire fuel supply. And I was, well, no, there's nothing really wrong with this. But I wasn't getting a decent flow out of the... <clears> the fuel line
0: and and knock and i we'd pulled the um the hose that comes from the tank down to the fuel filter and gas came pouring out
2: and but then stopped
0: but not while we tested it i think that was right the length of the hose
2: exactly (laughs)
0: And, and you held it open longer and, and than And I that.
2: held it open, you know, really wanted to see a flow, And it kind of stopped. And I heard this kind of <laughs> this gurgling. And I thought, this tank isn't venting properly. Mm-hmm. So I took the the cap off. And it appeared to be a venting cap. <clears throat> and if you blew through it in a certain way, you, you could say, oh, it's venting. But I, didn't, I, I kind of blew through it in a slightly different way. And it was clearly clogged. So I just got busy with a very, very tiny drill and vented it. And now, the, you know, the gas is coming out like gangbusters. Vapor now. lock. Yeah, it's just vapor locking. Because, of course, if you think about it, as the level inside the tank drops... As the fuel has to be replaced by something. It has to be it couldn't, replaced it by couldn't air. Supply the so it couldn't. Right. Yeah. So right. it was forming a vacuum as it, <laughs> as it was going down. It's quite a simple fix in the end. And now, of course, the thing runs great.
0: But then people would walk it back, and by the time I'd check it, there was fuel mm-hmm. there. Right, again.
2: because you know the 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 vacuum had. had Gone gone by the wayside. Yeah, but the,
1: this bike has, because it's a modern bike, it has an EVAP system. So it should allow air to come in through the EVAP system. But I think that's where the problem is. The EVAP system got clogged at some point, probably when the bike got tipped over. And it's not, it's not mm. venting through the EVAP
2: system anymore. Well, hang on, Bagel. Oh, yes. Oh, hang on. Did you dig in there? Yes. Ah. So you've got to remember that the Amigo is... Um, a bike that's very much made to a budget. Yes. <laughs> by <Very> um, <laughs> a large country, um and the, you know, Asia. Yes. And the EVAP system doesn't encroach on the fuel tank at all. Oh really? I suspect the EVAP system on this bike mm. is largely there just to appease <laughs> um. To well, the this is the
0: California model. Yes.
2: Right. But so it has a
1: hose that's connected to somewhere on the carburetor that r- looks but like it's not doing something. on
2: there is no vent on the tank. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> there you go. Gotcha. So um huh.
0: So and in Nock took Sully for a ride. Yeah,
2: and it was great, wasn't it? Yeah? They
0: came back and she's like, Can we go again? Well Sullivan scored <laughs> with a
2: beautiful helmet. She did, yeah. Ooh, yeah, nice. Yeah. So
0: well, so did. Let's give a shout out to Clay from First Rides. Yep. Mm. He came by and we had two totes of dirt bike gear for him to take. Awesome. Which is
2: also I mean, this is kind of what Recycle Garage does. Um, Everything gets gets, you know, played forward. The the gear actually arrived at Modo Town mm-hmm. as a donation from a um, dear friend of mine, Donovan, who I'm actually going to Vietnam with yeah. in the fall with Big Sur Motorcycle Adventures. And he said, oh, take it down the recycle garage. So I took it down the recycle garage, of course, as one does. And the gannets picked over it. And <laughs> then any of the stuff that was left, I thought, this is perfect for first rides. Because there was some squ- very, very small child-sized stuff in there. So um called up uh, Clay, and it's always nice seeing Clay. He's a good egg. And he came down and um, grabbed all the stuff for uh, First Rides, mm-hmm. cool. which is, if you don't know what First Rides is, it's a completely voluntary organization that puts very, very small children on motorcycles and teaches them how to ride dirt bikes.
0: Actually, all ages children. Well, it's
2: all, yeah, it's all <clears throat> up ages. Up to 18, but yeah. Um, But children with no experience and it's a very, um, Clay runs a pretty tight ship and it's a very caring and loving environment um, because you're dealing with kids. And he said, you know, in the past he had some professional instructors who actually got a little bit yelly with the kids and he's like, oh no, that won't do. You just got to nip that in the bud straight away. So they do everything in-house now. They're very, very kind to the children, um, and there's some real knowledge there. So um, it's, a, it's a great organization.
0: I was thinking of joining, but I just wanted to go to yell at children.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that would make you unsuitable, Liza. Mm. Dang it. Um, but you could yell encouragement.
1: You could say, you yell at my son Sammy could me you want. You could start Liza, Uncle Liza's Tough Love Motorcycle
2: Camp. Oh, <laughs>
0: the boot camp. <laughs> Yes. But then we had another person show up with an interesting thing today. First time in the garage, Janine.
2: Yes, Janine.
0: And I had gotten a call from her saying, hey, are you only open on Sundays? And someone told me to come here. And I'm like, yeah, come on down. So she showed up on an 80s Honda Express. For people who don't know what this is, Mm. can you describe it, Emma?
2: So the Honda Express was a very, very interesting concept. It's it was pitched. It's it's a fifty cc bike. It's actually pitched as a moped in Europe. Yeah, and its primary target was um, for boys and girls slightly more mature who were looking for a real alternative to get around town to a car so it's got slightly larger wheels it's automatic transmission it's very easy to ride no pedals no pedals it
0: has foot pegs but i'm going to describe it it looks like a bar stool with wheels
2: i would say that's quite <laughs> that's fair bar, yeah. that's about right. um,
0: <laughs> the, the seat looks like mm. a bar stool seat
4: it's also up on our instagram if you want to see
2: that there yeah um great little thing very interesting kickstart arrangement so
0: we were all confused We've never seen this before.
2: Oh, I've seen it many times. You
0: have, but like me, Doug, Knock, we're all staring. <laughs> so she kicked it slowly three times, and then hit the throttle.
2: No, it's the brake. The Re- brake. Release
0: the brake and hit the throttle.
2: Yes, and that anyway. <laughs>
0: we're like, "What? Wait, what a- is she doing? What? Wait, what happened? What's going on?"
2: <laughs> so Honda are always looking for. Um, the edge to give a motorcycle to somebody who um but it's just got no experience and starting a motorcycle surprisingly even a small one is quite intimidating for some people i mean there's a whole list what is intimidating on motorcycles and the noise is one of them kick-starting a motorcycle is another one well of course that's gone by the wayside now Clutches are another one. You you Mm -hmm. know, there's this list of things that people find intimidating. So Honda are thinking to themselves, well, let's take these out of the equation. And electric starts cost money and they require a battery and they require all the shit that goes with it. And so they came up with a very, very easy means of starting a bike that you don't need a great amount of lower body strength to do so. Yeah. And so what you have to imagine when you depress what is in effect the primary starter on the bike, which looks like a Kickstarter, but it's really quite a long lever. You're winding a clock spring and that's how it works. It's almost like winding a clock. Yeah. Hmm. And you can hear it go and you're winding this spring. And then when you pull the rear brake, it releases it. And turns the engine. Oh, so
0: you don't release the rear brake, you pull the rear brake. Pull
2: the rear brake, that's hmm. the safety.
0: And it releases it, and then you whack the throttle at the and same it, time. And
2: when you release the clock spring, it spins a gear, Did which engages with the flywheel and sta- starts the bike.
0: Did anyone else use this? Because, I mean, is this not practical in a larger displacement bike that's hard to kickstart? The
2: only, the only time I've come across in the whole of the automotive world a similar method was back in the 1960s, um, if you bought a Chrysler or a Dodge, it came with a clock, but it wasn't a 12-volt clock. The 12 volts from the battery actually ran a little motor which wound the clock, and then the clock tick, 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 tick. And then when it stopped, it engaged and the motor wound the clock again, <laughs> and that's the only time I've ever come across anything similar. Wow!
0: H- have you uh, any scooters have this method of I've, winding it up?
2: I don't know of any that doesn't.
1: It, it's not familiar to me, but it it it's kind of ingenious.
0: It's in a, it's a brilliant design
2: because it doesn't require any lower body strength i'm not going to say anything sexist like it's a girl because you know there's plenty of guys out there who've who've got no lower body strength as well but it's perfect if you've got a little bit of a disability if you're very very small a lot of times um kick-starting a bike you need a certain amount of strength you know a certain amount of inertia to actually start it and, and in some bikes, you're putting yourself at,
1: at risk of grave injury, too. Right. <laughs> right? So
2: this, where you just sh- 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 wind it up, and it was a foolproof system. It rarely went wrong. There was plenty of other things that went wrong on those little bikes. Um, but the starter wasn't one of them.
0: Yeah, that was pretty interesting. So she came in with it not running. She pushed no, it No, right? she
2: looked very sad.
0: <laughs> and... Uh, I guess she said, I was told I need to clean my carbs. Yep. Or carb. Yes. So uh, Douglas jumped to to help and... The carb came off pretty quick and easy. Well, she's a pretty girl, of course.
2: Doug jumped to help, <laughs>
0: and he went and cleaned it. He says it wasn't really dirty. He said, but sometimes just taking something apart, shooting air through, yeah, it and yeah, putting yeah. it back together does a right, job, right? But it seems like that wasn't it because then he put it back together and he did the little starting thing. It still wasn't working. And then he's like, Emma. Yes, I know. <laughs> and what did you find on that? So it's.
2: Doug did 99% of it, and I just brought it home. It just needed a little bit of careful fettling. That's all it needed. just needed a little bit of TLC. What people fail to understand is a carburetor is a precision instrument, and the smallest adjustment can make a big difference. And the carburetor basically just needed bringing it home. Somebody had over-adjusted it because, of course, what happens when the carburetor starts failing, you turn up the idle and you do this and mm-hmm. you do this. And it needed all that undoing, which is why it's revving so high. Mm-hmm. And I got it um, really just by by a little bit of tinkering. Um,
0: you, I, you diddled it.
2: I diddled it. And <laughs> it ran
0: great. Oh, my gosh. You took off and started, like, doing little loops around the parking lot? That thing, uh, was it as fast as the uh, Amigo?
2: Oh, yeah. Because there's no weight to it at all. Right. And, yeah, it's only a 50cc, but very, very lightweight. Didn't weigh much more than a bicycle, and off you go. Was it a 50 or an 80? No, it's a 50. 50, okay. It's 50. Yeah. Pretty zippy for a 50. Yeah, zippy little thing.
0: Um, And she left... Just with a grin and a new helmet.
2: Yes. Oh, sweet.
0: She got a full face helmet because Micah was like, you know, I see you're wearing an open face helmet with no eye protection.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: as 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 she does. And uh, Micah took her into the gear room and found her helmet. She was stoked. Beaming grin. Yep. as She whisked away on that thing.
2: But I mean, you know, the, again, that's what we do here.
0: But it was that moment, too, where everybody was standing around. And like, I think. We were all feeling good. Even people didn't help at all. We all felt good. Like, this is why we're here. Right. Right. This is why we're here. Somebody came in, pushed it in, and rode away. Yeah. Yeah. You, you were on fire, unlike John. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do. Wait a second. What? <laughs> no, Look. You just broke things. Every,
2: <laughs> one, every one. single person who's involved with a recycle garage brings something to the table. Every single person. And that's what makes us, you know, such a great organization. Because there's so many different characters. There's so many different people who bring different things. That's what makes it all so wonderful.
0: Oh, and, you know, and I wanted to um, comment real quick. I was showing Emma about something that I built. And... Um, I have this uh, this small fairing I put onto the Triumph Scrambler. Yeah, that mounts. uh, It's just a universal, and it mounts using the basically the bolts that go into the headlight. You know, but I found because the headlight is rubber mounted that when I got up to speed, the wind would push the windshield, which would then turn the headlight.
1: Ooh, yeah.
0: (laughs) And I'm like, oh, this is not. This isn't good. Uh, so I was trying to devise a way to reinforce it, reinforce it. Emma, you had discovered this before. while well, I wasn't even there because I came home and there was a, some rod stuck yeah, in there. Yeah, you know,
2: I was taking the subtle approach and I, I put this forward facing rod with like a pad on the end of it, um, between the speedo and the taco and it looked great, but it lasted about three minutes and then fell apart, <laughs> you know? Um, but you did something, you did something a little smarter because you, you've got a cross brace on the handlebar. And
0: well, yeah, what I did was um, I just got some uh, tubing and some clamps and then some right angle aluminum. And, and I basically made uh, some supports that come off of the handlebars, sure, clamp sure, to the handlebars. I'm
2: going to stop you there. Yeah. Surely you mean...
0: Aluminium yeah no I don't don't and then go up to uh, to some I use some right angle aluminum so that it some big flat spots against the windshield and drilled some holes and put some adhesive double-sided tape' pretty simple but here's the thing I kind of wanted to um, to talk about because I don't think that we do this enough and I don't think enough people do this I was able to fabricate using some simple... Pieces of metal and simple tools. I used a Dremel tool with a cutting wheel. Right. I used a drill to yes. drill some holes. I used my vise to flatten the ends of the tubing.
2: Very simple hand tools.
0: Very very simple things and a file. Yes. And I did it on Saturday when no one was around, where I had time in the garage. But I mean, Bagel, maybe you experience this too when you're you're designing something. Very simple to perform a simple function, but you're taking the time to round the corners, Mm -hmm. to file the burrs off, to smooth, you know, edges and to put some craftsmanship. Yeah, make it it nice. And I think that that is something that a lot of people don't realize how much they can do with simple tools or take the time to create something. Um, And I'm fortunate in that. I grew up in a time when we had metal shop in my junior high school and the things that I learned in junior high, I still apply today. Sure. How to file is something many people don't know how to do. Very Mm. simple. That light touch forward motion. And, and I just wanted to try and encourage people because you do this all the time, Emma. You're like, Oh yes, I made. I took a tank from this bike and side covers well, from this bike and a seat from this bike and a caliper from this bike and I put them all <laughs> together and I'm like, all of those things require fabrication for a mount that no one will see. And <laughs> the my
2: obsession with detail is also in a lot of ways my greatest downfall. Um, you know, my, my dear friend, Mike McCarthy, he always said, you know, the problem is with the bikes I build, when you just look at it, you don't realize how modified they are mm-hmm. because everything looks so cohesive and yeah, looks
4: motor-guzzi. so... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I
2: mean. it, everything looks cohesive. Mm-hmm. Everything looks factory. And you don't realize just what a modified bike it is. And so, of course, if you're at a show, you just walk on by because you think... Yeah, that's a stock goozy as as an example. What's that doing here? And then you get somebody who knows goozies and I'm like, what the hell is that thing? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a California. It's well I don't look like a California. Well, <laughs> because I used the tank off this and the side panels off this and the seat off this and I made this. So, um but I I've always like you, Liza, I took shop in school and I learned the techniques and I learned how to file properly. And you know, rather than just have a bit of cut angle iron, you know, just put a bit of niceness on it, you know? Put a put put the nice curve on it, make it look pretty, give it a lick of paint, make it look like it belongs there.
3: Yeah.
4: I think part of it too is knowing what's available. You know, walking oh, yeah. walking around a hardware store, just looking at things, looking at tubing, looking at unistrut just all those things that are there that you can imagine and, and
2: incorporate into the builds. Mm-hmm. And and, you, and this is how we kind of got back to it because the if you were to ask me when I'm building a bike what my greatest gift is, what my greatest asset is, is from the very, very first day I start the build, I can close my eyes and I can see the finished bike. And it might not be the colour it ends up at, but I can close my eyes and just imagine exactly how the finished bike is going to sit, what the bars are going to be, the way the pipes are going to lay, the way the tank's going to lay, the seat. And from that point forward, it becomes very easy for me because I just follow that vision. I've got it locked into my head. And when you build a bike, something like the Guzzi, yeah, you you concentrate on details, and it's all about the details. But there's this huge amount of value in taking five steps back and looking how it sits.
0: Well, and that's the thing too. I spent more time figuring out what, how the wh- how it was going to work. Like you could use flat bar, but then how do you attach the flat bar from here right. and then the, to the thing? And I, that's when I decided. Round tubing, because then I can flatten the ends, drill a hole through it. But you can flatten the ends at, at any, any, any angle. angle. Mm-hmm.
2: And because it's round tubing, it kind of goes with the theme of the handlebar, of the cross brace, which are all tubular, which are in the immediate vicinity. And, you know, if you look at a bike, especially a bike like the, the, the Scrambler, which is a vintage style bike... There's lots and lots of curves on that thing, anyway. It's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a very sensual, curvy form. Um, so introducing tube, I think, is a totally tubular concept. Mm-hmm. What say you, Bagel? I think that's a good, that's a good fit. I mean, you're dealing. The thing is, Bagel, you deal with machines that are styled to the max. Yes. I mean, motorcycles are beautiful but they tend to be beautiful because of the function it's kind right. of the function brings beauty mm-hmm. scooters are slightly different because they they're styled very much on the line of cars so that they've got this this monocoque mm-hmm. That gives you kind of free rein to do whatever you want. Is it yeah. is it the small frame Vespa that's got the giant hips?
1: Uh, well, no, not not the small frame. That's the uh, the what's called the wide body. Those are the
2: uh, the fifties Vespas. Yeah, and I mean, if yeah. you look at that, somebody has put so much love and attention. And probably bodily fluids into that design—quite possible. It, it's a very, very sensual design, mm-hmm. and it's just—it's designed for the sake of design. It, it is. There, there is. There are practical
1: aspects to it, but but it definitely had a a very sculpted, uh, <clears throat> a sculpted design that that was meant to evoke, you know, a, a passion for for the vehicle.
2: Right.
0: It's just something, I, I, how do, I, I don't know how people, like, you can't go take metal shop as an adult. I wish this is something that mm, people you, could. You can market. at
4: the community college, though.
2: Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, maybe that's the take of all this. If you <coughs> want, if you fancy yourself as a bike builder, or you see yourself as somebody who'd like to build a bike in their future, check out the local community college. Take a welding class. Take exactly. a metal shop class. Get back down to basics. Get down to fundamentals. How do you glue two pieces of metal together?
0: You weld it. Yes.
2: <laughs> that's right.
0: Yeah, maybe I just I I I'm just proud of the fact that things that I learned as a kid I still apply today and I put in that extra care to to you know finish it out and smooth the edges and use a file and I'm. Proud I just to l- wanted to share that.
2: I'm proud to learn that things I learned as a child I still apply today.
0: How to get bubble gum out of your hair? Uh,
2: there is that, and every time <laughs> That's I. a hard one. Every time I go poo poo, I demand candy. Oh my! <laughs> That's why you were yelling in the bathroom. That's right. Oh, I wonder what it was. Can I have
0: some candy? <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> so, um, guys, I have I have a problem. I need your help
4: with. Uh oh. Do you need candy?
0: <laughs> well
4: yeah.
3: kinda.
0: Okay. Alright, so here's the deal. Um I am I am emotionally prepared to sell the Africa twin.
2: Okay. Ooh, it's an amazing,
0: beautiful bike. I'm just but not you, you've never
2: taken it. to
0: it. And I well, will I will stand by that statement. That's not true. I mean, um we took, you know, lessons and, and I, know. I just discovered I'm not really into Big bike adventure riding, because when the bike falls over, it is a huge ordeal to get it back up.
2: And since you bought that bike, you've been grumbling about pushing it around. And there's <laughs> nothing to be ashamed of, Liza. It just ain't your bike, and I don't think it's ever been your bike.
0: Oh, no. I, 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 I'm no, very attracted to that bike. It's
2: a very good I'm very bike. I'm very proud
0: to own that bike. It's it's a very. That's cool not what bike. I said. also bike. That's I a lot was of bike. Bar- I was really really I want. I mean, you wanted reason, to date it, not marry it. The reason that I got it <laughs> is I wanted to experience DCT and fully understand mm-hmm. it. Yeah. That was the purpose of that, and I did. And I think that Honda nailed it with a, with the DCT.
2: Oh, I've it's said that, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's like there's this magic little japanese man in the engine <laughs> and he's reading your thoughts and it's like time change gear and he's like okay click, <laughs> click so click, so up and down it's amazing it's like have you ridden one of these things baby yes I it's realises. magic it yes. is magic it mm. really is
1: Mr. Roboto in the transmission.
0: So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> logato, Mr. Roboto.
0: <laughs> that means I'm going to have an empty spot in my garage.
2: Oh god. God forbid. Oh god. God forbid.
0: God forbid. So of course, when you sell one, you get another one. Well, right? no, hang on, you're selling
2: two, aren't you?
0: Uh, well, the, yeah, I'm 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 ready to let go of the KZ400. If anyone is looking for, a I might be a player on that 1976 bike. KZ 400. I might be a player on. Okay. that. Okay, we'll, we'll talk down the road. We Ooh. might do a
2: bit of wheeling and dealing.
0: Yeah. Oh, like Ooh. a trade? Maybe. Oh, because hmm. you know that that one is the more rarer of them.
2: Yeah, because drum brake, kickstart only. Yes.
0: Awesome.
2: Yes, um, I like that little packer head.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a cool bike. Um, I've just left it. I drained it and just left it sitting there. It'll yeah. look pretty. Um but the Africa Twin I figure um I can get about 10 grand hey if anyone's interested in buying an Africa it's Twin It's a
2: glorious bike. It it's really
0: Really low mileage. I what I think I might have 5 or 6000 miles oh, on. Wow. And
2: it's the in it's my opinion in my opinion is the best color scheme. Oh, it's beautiful. So it's red, white and blue with the gold whales. Yeah. and Corbin seat. Yeah.
0: Well, I I'm, I'm going to take put the stock seat on. Okay. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing
2: that, that was an $850 Stock seat. sells. Yeah, stock. yeah I'm going to put Get it stock back to yeah. you. Yeah. So, right.
0: I need another bike. But, I don't need another bike. So, <laughs> <laughs> I've got the scooter, which I use regularly. I've got the KTM 990 SMT, which is my sport slash touring bike that I love dearly. I've got the KTM 690 Enduro. That is my trail dirt bike right and then i've got the the triumph scrambler which is my backup bike slash loner bike rental slash bike whatever yeah. twisted you know? road bike it's just an all-around basic street bike
1: well what about the honda AD- adv scooter that you keep talking about
0: so <clears throat> oh yeah that one well, that's not worth 10 grand or
1: a Taljet? is that what they're asking for it
0: no, that's not worth ten grand. It's oh. only like five or. Just six means grand. just okay. to spend ten grand. I got, I got a ten <laughs> well, grand, but buy,
4: buy two <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So, um, because the ADV scooter is so similar to, I mean, I have my two fifty right. that I use regularly. Yeah. Um, but what I'm looking for, and there is, <clears throat> I realized when I started thinking about this, there is a list of bikes that nobody needs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Nobody needs these bikes. Okay. But you want to. Say you've owned it and check that box. For example, one of the bikes on my list is a Yamaha V-Max. Oh, yeah. Right? Hmm. It's yep. a, And you know what? Having
2: ridden many of them, I never actually owned one. I got close on a couple of occasions, and it was just circumstance. A Yamaha V-Max is your crazy uncle who... <laughs> is incredibly good fun to hang out with. And, you know, if there's a if there's a Christmas party when all the relatives are there, you hang out with him because he's <laughs> the fun one. <laughs> <laughs> but when he comes to live with you, that's something a little bit different. All right, you can find a
0: VMAX in this room? First one to find one. Let's see. Da-da-da-da. I've
2: seen oh. them before. Yeah. I know, they're in here. There's but no, Vmax is a. There's about a
0: thousand motorcycle models in here. It's a perfect example.
2: Oh, I thought there, was,
0: there should be one behind bagels somewhere. No, uh, nope. Um, so that's that's a bike that nobody needs. Oh, it's right behind. There you go.
2: It's right behind Stumpy's. Edge. Oh yeah,
0: there's one right there.
2: Yeah, there it is.
0: Nobody needs one, but you want to experience it, right? Right. So, I've got a couple other bikes, but I'm looking for suggestions.
4: All right, I've got one. Okay. Go on then. I'm That's thinking it. you need a a, a uh, one of the Kalsaki triples, like an H H three or H four.
0: So I'm not that interested in a vintage bike. Hmm. They it oh. won't be ridden enough, but I'm not going to rule it out. That is definitely on many people's like I, I you don't need right. this, but you but you want to check that box.
2: Right, exactly. Well,
0: um, um, so you're in the right. You're in the right area.
2: I'm going to offer my suggestion. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which you'll need a, quite a or lot uh, more money
0: for. H two, yeah.
2: Um, you'll need a you'll need a lot more than ten grand for this. Nick, coincidentally, is one of my favourite bikes, the NR 750.
0: Oh, there's one of those here too. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty. Is that one?
2: Yeah. Green? The green one. Yeah. Um, and there's a red one at the end. Yeah. The problem is with the NR750 is, well, there's no problems with it, really. But it is 90s, it's really 80s technology, late 80s technology. And it's, it's beautiful. It's beautifully made, and it's a stunningly beautiful bike. But as a motorcycle, it rides like a stout Interceptor. So, so, is a stout interceptor worth. What are they going for now? What's, what does Iconic sell their R750s for now? 50, mm. 60? Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, no,
0: they're up there. Mm. So, here's the one thing I'm going to take sport bikes off the list. I've been there. I've okay. done that. I've had them. I I don't enjoy getting into that riding position. What about nakeds? Huh? What you got, bagel?
1: how about a different type of scooter like like piaggio bv 500
0: a beverly um, 500.
1: yeah that's the that's the 500 cc scooter that piaggio made uh it's kind of a beast it's it's a it's a big wheel scooter it has a big engine its top speed is something like 96 miles an hour or something like that Ooh. i think god help us um it 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 hauls sold in america uh yes Yes, they're available. Uh, I I don't know if they're still being made. That's kind of cool looking, actually. Um, It would be used, but Uh uh, but you can find them, you know, for not a lot of cash and and with you know relatively good shape. Um, And I sleepy used to own one, and he loved it. He Mm. he absolutely just was blown away by it.
0: I would say, I mean, I don't think that's going to be in the ten thousand range. I think maybe not. A Talget dragster. Yeah,
1: now there's that. That's in the ten thousand range, and you can buy those here. And
0: that. Nobody needs an Intelligent Dragster, no. right? <laughs> yeah. So, um I'm I'm going to put Intelligent Dragster as okay. the scooter that nobody needs but I may want.
2: I have another suggestion if I'm not treading okay. on John. Well, I've got one but you can go. No, you go. You're next, darling. Well,
4: I'm staying in the uh, classic line. Sorry. I'm thinking of a Water Buffalo.
0: Yeah, again, <clears throat> I'm not really interested in a vintage bike. They just don't have that much of a pleasurable ride. Right. To me, the riding experience Unless you had one and you're reliving it, which I did with the KZ 400. right? I got that running, I rode it once, and I went, ah, oh, that was yeah. fun, and I put it away. There you go. And, but I will tell you another one on my list, a Goldwing. Hmm. Now, hmm. I've never had one, and that is a unique experience, wouldn't you say, Emma?
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> um, that If you decide to pull the trigger on a Goldwing, we should talk, because... All Goldwings are not created equally. <laughs> True,
0: <laughs> right? Um, but I've got. But again, that is something I think everyone yeah. should check off that list. They're, they're, they're quite something, you know. Oh, I would love to just get on that and just go cruising down. So one,
2: I have the perfect ten thousand dollar bike for you. What's that? That nobody needs. Beaking.
0: B-King, is that the... Um, That's
2: the Suzuki.
0: You, the, it's ba- is it like a naked
2: jixxer? It's like nothing else. It's, um, it's an odd thing. Um, I'm told by the Cognoscenti they are quite good bikes, um, but it's quite gruesome.
0: So, Street Fighter style? Would you say Street Fighter? That's what She'll like it, Batmobile. That's what Wikipedia says. Okay. So, I would say this is like a more modernish version of a V vmax ish. It's it's. That it's it, just, I
2: think it occupies a similar space.
0: It's not doing anything for me. Yeah. Okay. Um.
2: All right. What about a
4: Road King? I've had one. Oh, you had one. Yeah, she's yeah. at Road King.
0: I've had one. Loved it. Check that box. Oh, All right. I got so one. Uh, there is one James found for sale nearby. Oh. A CBX with the fairings. Oh, CBX B. I like the CBX with the fairings. I think there's one behind you. Yeah, okay.
2: the Unitrack.
0: Um, um, yeah, and I mean, they're just... Be- and they're asking like 12 grand for it. Yeah,
2: you. and you'd get that for ten. The naked ones, the the early ones, the seventy nines are just fetching just ridiculous amounts of money now. Um, so the only the only way you're really going to get into a CBX is is with the Unitrack one, and they are quite good bikes. My only concern with you, Liza, and that bike is if it's not being used regularly, you've got to be so diligent about those Six carbs, carbs. Mm, yeah. yeah, carbs plugging up. <clears throat> All right, I got one. Okay. Indian
4: scout.
0: Um, those have been coming up. Is it possible? Yeah, those are there's or, or an FTR.
4: I don't know if you can get one for ten. I mean, 10 FTR
0: K. would be cool.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, Listen, I'm gonna, and I'm I'm probably gonna upset a couple of people, but I uh, this bloody car. Oh, I'm long going. Long yeah. What do you have to say about that? The from my experience, because you know, I I don't deal in he- hearsay. I deal in experience. And a very, very dear friend of mine and a regular down at the shop, David, um, bought a brand new FTR, and he had a very, very poor experience Aww. with the bike, mm. and a very poor experience with Indian corporate Ooh. as well. Bummer. So it's just, I would love to hear about people who are having great experiences with Indians, and I, I think they're drop-dead gorgeous, and I think they're a really, really... Cool alternative to a Harley. But David's experience with his Indian was very, very bad. And Indian
0: didn't follow through. So I'll tell mm. you another bike. And again, this is a bike. I want to get back onto the track of bikes. You just want to check off the list that you owned. A Ural with Sidecar. Urinal. Mm. Op- <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. I. It's not high on my list. Yeah. But it's on a list. Of, yeah, I, I I have to have one of those one the, day.
1: They are quite heavy duty, and and if you get one, you
2: definitely need to take that on some back roads. So, um, yeah. Um, so here's my promise to you later. Um, so I still have ties to the Jameson Museum uh-huh. in Pacific Grove, and they have a mm. Ural um, two wheel drive with reverse, and I'm recommissioning it in the next month or so. So when it is recommissioned, you can come down to Mototown and ride it around the parking lot and get it out of your system. (laughs) And you can actually, I have a little piece of off-roading that you can do on it (laughs) because it is two-wheel drive. So if you want to ride it off-road backwards, because (laughs) the, the reverse on it, the way the reverse works on it, it's just a splitter. So you've got... Four forward gears and four reverse gears. Oh, wow, <laughs> So cool. you Theoretically, you could do about seventy going backwards. As if, if it wanted. isn't
1: as if it isn't sketchy enough riding forward. <laughs> yes, exactly. And,
0: and I know that this is a first world problem. Like, well, I got to find another ten grand bike. But what
1: about a Rocket Three? A used one.
0: A Rocket Three is very interesting. Yes, um, I'm going to share with you, and I've been withholding from Emma the number one bike on my list right now.
2: Go on, then. And I think this is doable. Oh, is there going to be steam coming out of my ears?
0: No. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you came up with this <clears throat> suggestion and you haven't. A Yamaha. Yes. Nikon. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I'm a huge fan
2: of alternative technology. Yes. And the GTS 1000 and yes. then the Nikon, I think. Yeah, buy one if See? you can find See? one. No, so buy there's
0: one. One in Bakersfield. <laughs> you want to go pick it up for me? Yeah. Um, I'll pick it up. Would you? Yeah, of course. I will. and then there's there's a bunch uh, uh, on the East Coast.
1: Wait, how? If you pick it up, how are you going to fit it onto the wheelchair? Exactly.
0: No, <laughs>
2: back. No, it'll go backwards. I'll just put it in backwards. I'll chock it in mm. backwards.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Oh, uh, so here's here's one for nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. So why does it need? Why can't you just write it back? Uh, because this one is in Pennsylvania.
1: Oh, oh.
0: What about the one in
2: Bacchus Field? I have to
0: find that one again. Um, there's not I mean, there's not that many out there. Oh, I'd
2: buy the Nike. This one
0: is in Florida. This one is in Wisconsin, Kentucky. The only
2: gotcha with the Nikon.
0: New Jersey. Yeah, I'm listening.
2: The only gotcha with the Nikon, and it's not a concern now, but it would be a concern for me in like four or five years. Anytime you get a bike that has got standalone tire sizes, I worry Mm -hmm. because then you become a slave. To who decides to make these incredibly low volume tires. And the Nikon has 12070 16 fronts. Ooh. So mm. you're not going to squeeze a 17 on there.
0: So, for people who aren't familiar with the Nikon, this was an abomination. <laughs> this is one of those bikes that Yamaha came out with that everyone went, How did this make it into production? That's
1: not a motorcycle.
0: And so they, and I still don't know why, but they put two front ends side by side. So two wheels. And it it, so it's technically, it's a trike, but it leans.
1: It's an MP3 motorcycle.
0: But it leans. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's right.
0: And I rode one. Right. And I rode it and I said, wow, I thought it'd feel much stiffer and slower, like moving. But it didn't. It. I thought it would feel like when you're trying to go from left to right that you're having to kind of push against some sort of. Yeah, I didn't. I, I don't know. But it it dropped in very into turns and it felt smooth and powerful. And I remember saying, I could see myself owning one of these one day. It's certainly a statement bike,
2: and it definitely you get a lot of looks.
4: There's mm-hmm. so few of them around.
2: Yeah. And I mean, it's you, you talk about Jetsons. I mean, right. that's space age right, right there. How many? They only made it one year. Oh, I think two. Uh. But, you know, Yamaha have had a habit of doing this. If you go back, if you go back, Yamaha are just like, oh, yeah, we're going to do something <laughs> batshit crazy.
3: Cool. Uh,
2: sometimes they work and yeah, sometimes amorphous. they don't. You know, we'll, let's talk about the GTS 1000. Mm-hmm. An Amazing bike. And light years ahead of its time. I mean, you talk about a bike that was out of its time. I would love to get my hands on a GTS 1000. Talk about batshit crazy, with hub center steering. Hmm. Um, but, of course, it didn't sell at all, just as the Nikon didn't. But the, the GTS, as peculiar as it is, um, it's nothing compared looks-wise to the Nikon. The Nikon is really out there. Yeah, buy an Nikon laser. They You're know? with
0: me on that, yeah? Oh,
2: absolutely. But I think you should do that too, by the way. Here's, here's my thoughts on an icon. Okay. Buy the Nikon and then buy some tires. Buy a gross of tires. <laughs> buy some front tires and hide them away, and they'll yes, they'll get out of date, but it's better than having to scrap the bike because you can't right. get the tires. Mm. I really worry about who's going to be doing one twenty. 60, 16 tires in the future. I can't
0: find the one in California now. They all seem to be Kentucky and Easter than that. Hmm. (laughs) So um, I think the first, I mean, I I, I got a South Africa twin, but if anyone knows of a Nikon out there, I think this would be a fun bike to experience and own for a while. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, like I said, nobody needs it, but you want to check that off the list.
2: I think the range of grip that will be available to you will be absolutely tremendous Mm -hmm. because that was the grand thought behind it. You know, a few weeks ago we were talking about the um, uh, uh, Dolomites Adventure and a ride in particular I did um, where I was absolutely at the limits of Edition with this BMW I was riding and I really was. I was at the absolute limits of adhesion. Mm-hmm. we well, turn the wick up on that and you've got the nikon because you've got three points of contact now and that's everyone everyone is terrified of the same thing when you are absolutely at the limit in a curve is that a rabbit yeah that's a fuji rabbit <laughs> Listen as a kawasaki sorry i'm just i'm
0: just <laughs> checking craigslist for a nikon oh. and up came this interesting thing.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. That's
0: Kawasaki Superflow, not,
1: not Kawasaki. It is. It says Kawasaki. Yeah. That is a 1962 Fuji Heavy Industries Rabbit Superflow
0: for two grand.
1: Not a bad price. God, it's rough it's, as uh, a bear's yeah. bottom, though. Yeah, needs some work. But
0: oh yeah, you've talked about.
1: This. What about a V Max? So
0: they they just listed it. V Max was the first thing I mentioned.
4: No, not a V Max. Uh, Harley. The um, V Rod. V Rod. No,
0: no, thanks. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and you know what? V-Rods are quite problematic. Um, You know, um, they share a lot of components with with their contemporary Harleys, um, but there's a lot of standalone stuff on them. And I'm not sure how committed Harley are to keeping the parts. Um, No, honestly, I think you found the Anselizer. And I think you were right to keep it from me because I'm all in. Right? And I'm I see myself as a, as an enabler for Liza.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I gotta I guess I gotta put the Africa twin up for sale, and then let's look for a Nikon. Yeah, fuck yeah. Right. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. This is why I was being secretive. Well, um, I wanted to <laughs> freaking Nikon. Oh my god. Well,
2: uh, That'd be wild. Uh, uh, just be careful what you wish for, because <laughs> if you ride a Nikon. Everywhere you go, every place you go, you will park it and have a crowd of people around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everywhere.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, that, I mean, yeah, the Nikon was quite controversial when it came out. There's another bike that uh, was just announced it's coming out that is also controversial. <laughs> Did you guys see the new Honda compo?
1: No. Oh, God. Oh, God.
0: I'm going to pass this over. Oh, no. Take this. I can hand that over. Honda is brought out. So, the Moto Compo, for those that don't know, this was uh, this came out, what, in the 80s? It was a yeah. oh, God, square. No. F- <laughs> hold <on>. A square.
3: <laughs> That's-
0: what? Oh, my God. She's seen the picture. Oh, God. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> <Hold on>. Emma.
1: <laughs> the <it's> moto, <laughs> moto Compacto.
0: Explain the Moto compo to people. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can.
4: It's like a Samsonite with a... <laughs> so Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: so the concept of the Moto compo Because
0: we didn't really have it here. I think it was just in UK. No, it was
2: just Japan. No, it's, it's just Japan. In Japan, Japan. In- Japan. And it was... Maybe in the UK. Well, they it's sold it in the UK, but not... By itself. Not by itself. Right, it's with the car. The so, uh, city, was it Honda City, yeah. The Honda yeah. City. So, in Japan, you bought this subcompact car called the Honda City. And in the trunk came a, a very, very compact, lightweight motorcycle that you could lift out of the trunk, open up the handlebars, open up the seat, and ride. It was basically like riding a suitcase. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Um, but it... Perfect solution to inner city problems. And I really want to talk about this because um, when I was in Germany for um, the Dolomite store, you know, we pick up the bikes in Germany and we spend a couple of days in Germany either end. And I spend a lot of time on these Lime scooters and these Tia scooters. Mm -hmm. That is a perfect example of an alternative way of getting around the city. Mm-hmm. There's no ownership. It's easy. It's quick. It's the easiest thing in the world. And I really think. So they're like the scooter rentals you get in San Francisco. Yes, you just exactly. Jump on them and and everybody them grumbles about them, mm. but they're an amazing way of getting around the yeah, that's city. That's cool. Yeah. So, hence, the original moto compo was part of this. It's a great way of getting around. If if no one's ever been to Tokyo. Tokyo is an amazing place, but it's probably one of the most congested cities but in Europe. You so. can't
0: find the cars anymore. <coughs> right. But these scooters, really Can. scooters, have become highly collectible. And I think Phil owns like two, right. maybe, right? So in England, um, it was a gimmick. And if you bought
2: um the motor compo came out, I was yeah, I was working from the UK at the time. And it was right when acura but acuras weren't sold in england as acuras they were h- sold as honda sterling's mm. very very high-end car you know lots of wood and yeah. leather and whatever um but it wasn't an it was, in america it was an acura but mm. in england it was a sterling in uh, england was it it was sterling a, another brand also yeah and rover you know is it, yeah. it was a tie-in with rover <coughs> but anyway as a gimmick, they included one of these in the trunk. Hmm. So if you bought one of these cars, very very high end cars, kind of Jaguar money, hmm. um, they threw in one of these things in the in the trunk if you wanted it. And of course, you know the kind of people who bought those kind of cars. I mean, there were attorneys and doctors. They didn't want yeah, to. They didn't care up. about that. Mm-hmm. They didn't care about that. So you know, it didn't have many takers in England, but they were out there. Um, but tiny little thing. I mean, you know, the the turn signals on it were like as Originals. I mean, tiny. But this thing, oh, God
0: almighty. So this, this Moto Compos, they're highly collectible, but they're weird-looking little square, basically, scooters. So Honda's announced This looks
2: like a mobile phone.
0: Coming out with the <laughs> Moto Compacto, which is the electric version. Bagel, can you describe it? I mean, it, we're saying a suitcase of wheels, but
1: yeah, this really does look like a suitcase, re- like, like a really Samsonite, thin, like a real thin suitcase. No, yeah, it looks like a mobile phone.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: like a very large mobile phone the size of a suitcase.
2: <laughs> it's got similar dimensions to a mobile phone. Just it's, in,
1: yeah, it's, it's got two little wheels that uh, looks like the rear rear wheel kind of pops out the back. Now it has a hub electric hub motor in the front. Surely you mean a hub hub. <laughs> <laughs> so it it, hub. it it will pull you along apparently. Front wheel drive. It, it has handlebars that pop up and a seat that pops up, but the whole thing looks like it stows into this little suitcase case that you can just stick in the trunk of your car. Um, it it seems kind of odd because it it's very tall and thin, but but with the seat extended, the dimensions really seem like they're fairly similar to the original Moto Compo of like the the wheels and handlebars and and such. So it's it's a little bit of a, a strange look to it, but
0: bagel do you want one? Uh, you can get one. Uh, I
1: would I would certainly love like to try one. What it says is uh it's going to
4: be released in November 2023 at an mm-hmm. MSRP of
0: $995. What? Yeah nine hundred and ninety five dollars yeah honda
1: and acura dealers so but it it has it has a a range
0: what how it's a thousand bucks
1: well but it says right here well right but it has a range of 12 miles
0: it's a
4: little limited it's good for around town though
2: yeah and that's the whole thing For around town transportation So let's extrapolate that 12 miles
0: Hold on, Bagel's Mm got a
1: Max speed is 15 miles per hour Like that's bike lane territory
2: Right And uh, okay So let's go back It's cheaper than an electric bike (laughs) Let's go back to Emma tooling around Munich On an electric scooter Yeah Perfect way of getting around a big city Just as this would be Now that's a little quicker because the, um, the uh, um, Lime scooters are governed to 20 kilometers now, which is 12 miles an hour. This does 15. Didn't you
0: crash that thing?
2: Yeah, I wadded hard. <laughs> Last day, I wadded hard. I was racing Brian Honeycutt, <laughs> you know, and he took the outside line. I took the inside, got the back wheel cord in hmm. the kerb. Went down like a sack of potatoes and I, I had to I had to sit on the grass and have a little cry afterwards because I was mm. so hurt. Aww. And do you know what hurt the most? Your pride. No, the men in the bar across the way laughing at <laughs> oh. me. That's sad. Meanies. Yeah, the meanies. But um they are kinda cool. like when Liza
4: laughed about your laughed about your your purse today.
2: <laughs> yes, oh no, she thought it was thing. She she was doubled over laughing. Look, somebody, if one of her cats because Liza has I've gotta say, Liza has just got two of the most adorable little cats. Um, if one of your blasted cats had diarrhoea in my purse, you would find it very funny. Wouldn't you? <laughs> yes, you would. You know, you would. It was just.
0: You, and it had just happened, and you had this look like you had been assaulted, and you didn't know where it'd come from. No. I mean, just like, what? What? What happened? Oh, Why?
3: No. That's um, right there. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, so the point is, this moto compacto. Yeah, I think. As an alternative of getting around town, it's going to find its place. I mean, I think you're going to need to be quite an eccentric person to actually ride around on it. Will
0: this be collectible? Mm. I'm going to stick my
2: neck out. I don't think anything made in the last 20 years is going to be truly collectible. Yeah, I
1: maybe. Think, really? Yeah. <clears throat> you never I, know. You I never know. I hate, to, I hate to say it.
2: <laughs> but I, I think. You know, the, it it could be that people think
1: that, and so well, all we, of the early electric vehicles just get tossed, and there will be like two left, and those will become super, super well, I, rare. I remember you know, back in the eighties
4: and nineties, we we never thought those yeah. Japanese sport bikes would be collectible, right? And, 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 and he, they sure he, are now. And yeah,
2: slingshots now, <laughs> yeah. But I just, I you know, I hate to be, I really hate to sound like an old fuddy duddy, <laughs> but I don't see. Anything made in the last twenty years that's really going to be that would be a great
4: topic to talk about. hmm,
2: There's really going to be like oh future collectibles, future collectibles. (laughs) You know, because Hmm. it's it's like you pick something that would be obvious, like a Bonneville, which is albeit a great looking bike, but there's so bloody many of them, and the same applies to Royal Enfields. And then you like get triple nine Ducati, yeah. Those. You get the kind of quirky sport bikes, V4 Panigalis, maybe, but they're so yeah. fragile. Mm-hmm. I don't see them lasting that long, <laughs>
1: right? And that's that's another question, too. I bet you the V Max will
2: be. Well, the V Max was collectible the day it yeah. came out, and I'll tell you why because there was nothing like I still remember the launch mm-hmm. in '85, mm-hmm. and I'm like. What the fuck is this? Remember Every yeah. All of us did. The, saw it in the magazines. I was like, oh, my God. And I saw it in the magazine. I yeah. thought, dang. Yeah. And then I saw one in the flesh. And I'm like, my God, this thing is incredible. It's big. It was burly. I was frightened to even look at it right. in case it beat me up. <laughs> um, so, and I mean, I, there's that impact. And even even the NR. I mean, you know, I always, oh, the NR, this, Think NR, the, that. The, and the, the R9T, maybe. No, the R9T, it's, no? it's it's a pretty bike, but it's certainly not the prettiest cafe racer out there. And, you know, I don't know. I really don't know. Um I guess the market will tell. Yeah, but you see, even the NR, if the NR wasn't as beautifully made as it is... Would it be special? Yes, of course it's special. It's got fucking oval pistons in it. But you can't see the oval pistons and you can't hear the oval Mm -hmm. pistons. It just sounds like a meaty interceptor. So the only thing that really makes it stand apart is it is a good-looking bike. Good, it's so beautifully made. It's just like a jewel. But if you take that away, and even that's 30 years old now. It's over 30 years old. It's 35 years old nearly um but oh god yeah future collectibles it's a it's a tough one blackbird but the blackbird's 25 years old it's now true you know blackbird goes back to the 90s
0: well i wanted to continue with a controversy how do you say it emma
2: controversy
0: controversies <laughs> i was just looking up aluminum motorcycle controversies and i found something uh, interesting it's like um I mean just like we were we were talking last week about lane splitting, right?
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: A controversy how we think that, you know, it should be legal everywhere. But where it is in like Texas it just made it illegal there were a lot of people responding, saying like, "Oh yeah, it's way too dangerous. I would never do it, so no one should do it." Right, right. Or right. people saying, "Oh, I saw somebody bounce off a car, and they took out like twenty cars." Meters, yeah, I
2: lay her <laughs> down. You
0: know, and you just see these responses, <laughs> yes. that come from a place of fear and assumption, yes, and mm-hmm. not factual data, right. Yep. right. When there are plenty of places, California. That have Europe. banked factual data, yeah. right? That makes that, it is safe-er.
2: Well, no, mm-hmm. hang on, because as at some stage, Texas got their expert. This was the whole crux uh-huh. of the argument from two years ago. You can interpret da- raw data however you want, and it just so happens that, the people who interpreted the data in California came up with nice. a conclusion that it is safe. The say people safer. The people who interpreted the data in Texas determined it wasn't safe. So the upshot of it is, you need to be careful who's collecting data for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well it's such a. <clears throat>
2: they make decisions about other things. And I
4: won't get into it just for the political reasons, but. Where they, where they, they're libertarian about some things, which there's a ton of data that that supports that they shouldn't be, right? It, but they are the one thing that's probably killing a lot less people. So It yeah. just doesn't but make any you sense. You know, to they're,
2: me. They're, they're, you know the whole political. That is a topic. Well, you think they pick and choose. That bothers yeah, me. But that mm. is a topic for another podcast. Yeah. If we just confine ourselves to motorcycling, is <laughs> oh, yeah. you, the way it works is. A junior member of uh, um, local government will say, look, this is something that I feel passionate about. Let's put it up for a motion and then they'll start gathering data on it. And this is where the problem bias is Bias confirmation. Yeah, and if you have a bias, you can certainly find people who agree. I truly think that in Texas, they just got the wrong person to interpret the data. It's as simple as that. I don't think it was politically motivated per se. I just think at some stage, somebody with some, they interpreted the data wrong and they said, look, this is a dangerous pursuit and we need to get on board with it.
0: Well, I wanted to share some other interesting um, examples that I have found of similar controversies, um, that I, I didn't know about. So one of them was high visibility vests in France. How oui. you know about huh? this one?
2: 2015. 2015. Oui. Gilles-
0: so apparently in France, <laughs> and I think these were people who were do-gooders, mm-hmm. in that they said all cars needed to carry a high-vis vest in the car mm-hmm. uh, so that, in case of a breakdown on the side of the road, right. you have a high vis vest to wear because if you're mm-hmm. going to be on the side of the road, you need to have a high vis. That's <laughs> smart. You may right? find you may
2: find that that goes back to either a single incident or a chain of incidents. That happened where pedestrians who were changing a tire, dealing yeah. with a broken-down car, dealing with a broken-down grandpa who was had diarrhea by the side <laughs> of the road, got mowed down in low visibility. Right. So how well, could we, we fix we this? We all used to
0: carry flares. In right, our yeah. cars. right, right. No one so does it. So how anymore.
2: do we fix this? How do we fix this? So somebody came up with this, and then the data was gathered, huh? and it may have been flawed data, it may have been great data, but the data was gathered, and they should have worn you. And at the time... It was good business for all these poor hapless Brits who were going to
0: France. they arrive in France. Well, and here's the thing. In yes. 2015, they then applied it to motorcycles.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And so uh, anyone just driving like from England or Germany over to France.
2: You had to have your high vis vest. You had to wear it or no. to have it with you? Have it Required with you. Required to
0: have it with you. Right. Hmm. So... Not many motorcycles have room to store a high vest, right? So that was the number one complaint. Well, this is not easy. And then people who live in other countries, they have to go buy a high vest just to be able to go for a day ride through France. But then here's where kind of the typical thing was, but we know what's coming next, they're going to start requiring us to wear them while we ride, and that we will never do. <laughs> <clears throat> but that's how things go. People right. start, well, I know what's coming next.
4: But they automatically assume. It's a slippery slope argument. <clears throat> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so what's on interesting, <laughs> um, a, an organization um, was created. The, I'm going to try this. Yeah. Federation Francois des Motades en Coloré
1: colère.
3: That's, that's, that's a coalition yeah. of. of vest do, you know makers. That, do
0: you know what that stands for? <laughs> yeah, it's
3: a yeah, federation of French, French
1: motorcyclists uh, who are uh, on strike. <laughs> well, it <laughs> yeah. says
0: it. It means the French Federation of Angry Bikers. Angry bikers, yes, oui. angry bikers. Yeah, that's right. Angry there was,
2: I can assure you that there were an extremely large amount of zutalors and sacré bleus said at the first <laughs> meeting. That's a dramatic reenactment, so, by the way.
0: Ooh, ooh la. la. <laughs> yes. So, uh, oui, oui. so they 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 started contesting, and what's interesting, <laughs> the draw is that it is now it is a law that is in place that no one enforces.
2: Mm-hmm. Fantastic.
0: So that I found that kind of interesting, but. Is it such a bad thing to wear a vis vest on a motorcycle? Oh God, yes. Is it the worst thing in the world?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yes.
0: No, I mean it. Oh no. I'm going to say, in the UK, I saw a lot of people wearing it uh, optionally.
4: Mm-hmm. It rains though. Visibility is different. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, well,
0: yes,
2: but it's back to that lane splitting argument. Is you want to have the choice? If visibility is bad, I am the first to put on my fluorescent green jumpsuit that also doubles as rain gear so you can see me. But that becomes my choice. Yeah, but we sat here and argued a couple weeks ago about helmets,
4: and that was my argument. Like, hey, it's your choice. If you want to you want to bust your head out, bust your head out.
0: Oh, I have an argument about that, too. Right. <laughs> as long as you carry uh, the insurance. Oh, no, we'll be getting it. We'll be getting it. All right, all right. Um... So here's another one that was very interesting. This one happened in Australia.
2: Good eye, Mm. mate.
0: And this was in the 1970s. They said that uh, in the 1970s, there was a huge huge boom in motorcyclists, much of it due to On Any Sunday. Yes. Mm. Uh, And as they they say, um, while it was mostly Aussie farmers and dole bludgers that owned and rode bikes (laughs) in the 60s by the mid-70s, uh, every man, woman, and dog was going at it. So they had all these bikers appearing in the 70s, which meant the accidents were on the rise, and the government felt they needed to act like they cared. So they enacted a law that upset a lot of people. Hmm. You want to take a guess what it is? Um,
1: and This
0: is motorcyclists, a law for motorcyclists.
1: Top speed of 50 miles an hour.
0: Oh, good try. You want to take a guess, John?
1: Uh, I'm going to say something about gear.
0: Daytime running lights. Oh. Oh. Nasty. Horrible. Horrible. (laughs) Daytime running lights. Exactly. Um, And basically, people were complaining that it would increase fuel consumption. It would (laughs) cause wear and tear on their bikes. Riders Mm. would be continuously replacing bulbs, and riders traveling in groups would (laughs) blind other motorists. Mm. These were all the reasons why they weren't having. With
1: with those blinding six volt headlights they had in the 1970s. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Blinding yellow lights. Yes.
0: (laughs) They, again, they formed groups and and, and created signs and protests. And (laughs) of course, we know how that went. Mm -hmm. It's now basically, I think, common the world,
1: pretty much, yeah.
0: To have daytime running lights, but what amused me was the reaction. Mm-hmm. And is it bikers? Is it just people don't like being told what to do?
1: I think it's just people.
4: Well, it was the same thing when they did the seatbelt laws in the U.S. Yeah, we all were like, "No way, we're not wearing seatbelts."
1: Yep. And now we all wear seatbelts. Yeah. Fifty-five mile an hour speed limit. Yeah.
0: So here's another one I found out, also from 1970. This was a big one I wasn't aware of, but apparently, Emma, you were. Oh, yeah. They almost banned the racing at Isle of Man. Oh, yeah. 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 Now, somebody who was just there, and I mean, it is in the DNA of everybody. Because I was actually commenting to Kat. I'm like... I find it really fascinating that the people on this island who live and work here...
2: Right, are all part of it.
0: ...are are all part of it and accept that everything just gets shut down for these people to get on these, you know, bikes and whiz around town.
2: In my defense, I was a child at the time, but I've actually studied this period of time, and it's, it's a fascinating period of time. So the 1970 TT... Was marred because there were seven fatalities. Six
0: mm. at the TT. I think one was at the Manx. Right. Or, or, mm. But, you know, yeah. it, it, it's... And some were spectators. Exactly.
2: Oh. So there was this huge outcry that the race should be stopped. And it was a period of time... It's a. It could only really have happened then... Because right around sort of like 69, 70, 71, people were really figuring out how to make these things go fast. I mean, big horsepower was a thing in 1970, mm. but brake and handling technology still wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So, hence, the bikes were going very, very fast, but really were quite ferocious. And that led to so many fatalities. Now, the decision was made to keep the race going and the decision was based because it was so entrenched in biker culture in europe it was felt that if you took that away it would have a very destructive effect on biking as a whole because people would be um getting their sort of race jollies out on the street Mm. um and um, then they have more controversies yeah and that would it, basically it would be a very, very bad thing, yeah, hmm, yeah,
0: and then in twenty sixteen five died again, right, so they uh, they seem to revisit it, but like I said, as somebody who's been there, I see it's it's so such entr- a
2: part. it's so entrenched in the culture, yeah um and similarly enough, I mean, I do try and keep these topics on um on motorcycling but if there are parallels to be drawn i'll draw in other uh subjects does anybody in here know about the 1955
1: le mans yeah
2: so oh. the 1955 le mans still holds the record as the worst mm-hmm. accident in motor racing history so the story goes there was a lot of players involved um but the the very very short story is a veteran french driver driving an enormously powerful mercedes smacked into the back of an aston martin absolutely flat out mm-hmm. um launched his car into the crowd of spectators oh, wow. mm. and there were just multiple fatalities just hundreds of injuries interestingly enough they did not stop the race mm. because they deemed that stopping the race would make it so hard for the, the these huge fleet of ambulances to come in. Because uh-huh. everybody would leave, yeah. Because everybody would leave. So hmm. then there was this huge, huge um, push to stop Le Mans. It's too fast. It's too dangerous. The spectator stands us too close to the main straight blah 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 and yet here it is it's still going on and there have been safety concessions um you know the spectator stands have been moved back from the main track a little bit but it's still damn scary Mm -hmm. they're still scarily close even now so that's another iconic race that's had these enormous controversies over the years um but well, the other one I it, heard about was it, it still remains the Irish road racing. Yes, I think they're
4: they're it's having insurance. A to, it's and,
0: insurance. And yeah. That's what they're saying yeah. will probably happen eventually with the Isle of Man as well. Insurance eventually, will, and yeah, you know like this is going to
2: ride. affect all forms of of motor racing, and unfortunately, the motorcycling is probably going to go first simply because of the volume. Hmm. The reason why car racing um, will last longer is because there's a lot more money involved, as you saw with Silverstone, Liza. Mm -hmm. Um, You saw what big business motor racing is. But eventually, what's going to drive all of this is just the liability from insurance. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, it it is fascinating that things like Isle of Man still happen when we have all these other things that there are fears that are unfounded and not based in facts. So I found another um, article that came out recently. Not an article. It's, well, yeah. Um, it's from this guy who is a a doctor. Yes. An emergency room doctor. And he tells a story about how he had a guy come in who'd had a motorcycle crash at high speed and um, other than some like abrasions and I think maybe broken bones, um, his head like no like maybe a concussion, but he was alive and recovered fine. But when he inspected the helmet, like the helmet had been ground down and like nothing. And he knew that this, he would not have survived. The helmet really made a difference. And this is a guy is a rider too. So he sees, he sees the ones that come in that he knows that the helmet saved the life. Right. Um, And, and I didn't realize the stat. So in his article, he says that this year at Sturgis, 11 riders died. When I did the, The death report, because I I always check that. It was lower than that. But I think, again, they changed the numbers. Hmm. Because a lot of the people aren't in Sturgis. They're riding around the Black Hills. They're riding to other places, to Deadwood. And and they may not have been counting them for Sturgis.
2: Or or there's injuries sustained at Sturgis. And then they passed away two or three days later. Yeah.
0: Or they were on their way to or from. Right. And, you know, right.
2: it, it all becomes part so of
0: it. So we know that the numbers are pretty high. And again, like, we talk about the Isle of Man has almost been cancelled a few times because of deaths. Yes. Yet every year, the number is around 10 at Sturdish, which amazes me. And m- we talked about these accidents and how they happen. So, um, but oftentimes it's lack of gear, lack of helmet, which just shocks me. Um, so he said that, um, the risk of death for motorcyclists in crashes is 30 times greater than for car drivers and passengers. Okay. Okay. Three quarters of all motorcycle deaths occur at low speeds, 30 miles per hour or less. Okay. Do do you know why?
2: No gear
1: or hit by cars
0: in residential areas. That is because the enemy of the motorcycle rider is not so much the ground as it is the car. Mm Right. Right. And that is, uh, yeah, the biggest thing. Eighty um, percent of reported crashes result in injury from motorcycles, and about forty-four percent of crashes are fatal. Mm. Um, wow. These these huge numbers, right? And says that the you know of all motorcycle protective gear, the helmet appears to be the most important. And. Here's where it gets interesting. Why why should people care, right? Why can't everyone have their own right to choose? Here's the big question, right? He says, failure to wear helmets while riding a motorcycle leads to an increased incidence of severe brain injury and long-term disability, which unnecessarily costs the U.S. taxpayer billions of Mm -hmm. dollars each year. Okay, Uh, the NHTSA estimates that helmets reduce traumatic brain injury by 67% and mortality by 35%. So, um, all but 19 states have repealed their mandatory universal motorcycle helmet laws. Um, Mm. because in 1975, they all had them or prior to that, they all had them because you had to have it if you wanted to get your funding for your highways. It was a national law. Really? That got repealed in 1975, so hmm. states were free to do what they want.
1: So California had helmet law before it didn't, before it did?
0: Helmet law, there wasn't a helmet law.
1: till
4: the 90s here, I think. Yeah. Right, so... I think,
0: but it may have been earlier. Um, hmm. It uh, In 1970. well... I'm not remembering if there was one in 1975. I moved to California in '76. So mm. I'm not sure.
4: I moved here in the '80s, and it didn't have one. Late '80s. No, yeah, but, but might have had one prior earlier, to 1975.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So, um, but he says, um, who pays? Where does this billions of dollars? So, um, two decades. He says that basically it comes from the society, public. Taxes from insurance, from social security. It, yes, yeah,
1: because that you know, that then everyone who ends up having to, you know, survive off social security because of injuries from motorcycles, you know, that's that's taken away from everybody else's social security a little bit,
0: yeah. So he says, uh, he says about two thirds of care is paid for by public funds, Mm
2: -hmm. okay? So,
0: I mean, it's, it's controversy, but, um, yeah. It's interesting reading all these things and and hearing how in places where they're forcing safety on people and no oh, I don't want it my light my headlights are going to burn out I, that vest is ugly I don't want to wear that helmet it is quite controversial but you know what well, let me
4: play devil's advocate here though I not disagreeing with the with the facts I'm saying it's easy to get to well people shouldn't be riding motorcycles then because if it's it's that much of a cost on taxpayers let's just stop motorcycle riding completely.
0: To me, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the solution.
4: That's the extreme. It is the extreme. Take, that's yeah. devil's advocate, but it, slippery slope. <laughs> you
3: know, I,
0: and, I, and I've I've long said this before. I think that things need to be tethered together. I think if states want to have lane splitting, then they should also tether that to a helmet law, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I think that there should be things with insurance companies that um, if you wear a helmet, you get a discount. You know stuff like that. I think that there's ways there to incentivize. Well, that's
4: probably done by the insurance companies, just based on where you're located and whether or not there's a law. Yeah, yeah and I mean, you know, insurance
0: companies gather
2: so much information yeah, yeah, and from everywhere. Right? But but come I, up with this outrageous figure, and you will pay this. Okay. Oh, and don't
4: ask us for any money to pay out. Either. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But I, I, I find it fascinating, though, just people's reaction. I don't want to be told what to do, even though it's better for me and for society. Yeah. Which is, is well, there's how, it, how of, it plays out. There's the leap of faith is in,
2: in a lot of ways, as people, and I'm not saying as people, you know, as Americans, as motorcyclists, as Europeans, it doesn't matter. But people in general can be quite selfish, and yeah. if it's if it's for the good of society, becomes a hard sell. But it's hard. I mean, so what about
4: other sports? What about surfing? What about rock climbing? Well,
2: no, the same applies. It's the same boneheads who are you know. It's like, oh yeah. I mean, surfing—if ever a sport you should mm. wear a helmet—is mm. surfing, especially somewhere like Santa Cruz, where yeah. there's rocks to crunch against. So what
4: I'm saying, you know, so my point is like. Where do we draw a line between... Are we going to eliminate anything blow that's any adrenaline-related?
1: <sighs> because it might I cost the taxpayer money? I, you know? I, that, that seems like a pretty extreme Again, way to go. Yeah. But, I mean, it's... I mean, then the question is, you know, what price are we willing to pay for fun? Because that's kind of what we're talking about here, isn't it? I mean, these are things we do for fun. There's a risk involved. And it's a, it's a question of, you know, how we mitigate that risk. You know, and 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 it seems it seems awfully uh, stilted to say that you know because we can't mitigate or people don't want to mitigate this risk, we're just going to take it away entirely. Right. Uh, that that seems extremely heavy-handed and, and an overreach, really, in and of itself. So you know you want people you want people to be able to do things they want to do as long as they're not harming others and especially and hopefully not themselves. I mean, case in point, football. Yeah. I mean, that's something that's something that's been a controversy for quite a while. Exactly. And, 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 and it's the, still a
4: billion-dollar industry.
1: Right. I, and people
0: I, are still getting injured. I have I have an idea. Yeah. I think I have a solution. All right. I'm going to ask you a question. I, I know you don't know the answer, but just make up a number. How many motorcyclists are there in the U.S.?
4: Mm-hmm. I did know this at one time. A cajillion. Just make up a number. I think there's probably f- three, four million.
0: Okay. Three, four million. Times $1,000 comes to
1: uh three billion. 8, four billion yeah
0: which is how much we're spending every year on head injuries so here's what i propose enact helmet laws in all 50 states but every motorcyclist gets a free moto compo
1: <laughs>
0: we break even the first two years
1: how how much do you how much are, you gotta wear a helmet <laughs> you have to wear a helmet for
0: <laughs> emma did you think hmm. that's a win-win I don't moto, know. Moto compacto. But,
1: but most injuries... I think that's a lose-lose. Okay. Because, because most, most injuries are at low speed anyway, right? Okay, Does then everyone,
0: everyone gets an amigo.
1: Oh, That might be even more dangerous. Terrible. They should be outlawed completely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I understand. No, I hear you, Liza, and I think you're on the right track.
0: Give them something they want.
2: Yes. Um, Let them eat cake exactly
0: we got we got a lot of emails, so let's get to these uh i'm going to start with the first one and this one is from well, you just said
4: i'm going <laughs> to start with no the start first. with the last one
0: yes let's start with the first one yeah. Start
4: with the last one. No, no. no start
0: with the first one. Okay. No,
4: we should start with the last one. Work our back way back uh, to the first okay. one. Okay. All right. Very uh, good. This one is from
0: Mike D. Mike, Mike D! D. Come on, D. He says, Rest hey in peace, hey, misfits." I got six, boys. six. quick quick points for you. Yes. Mm. Number one, the last podcast was very entertaining. Grazie. Mm. Two. Glad you're back, Liza. Three. The B team did a splendid job while Liza was hobnobbing in Europe. Yes, yes. they did. Four. Naked Jim's moto dating game voice was kind of creepy and gave me a bit of the heebie-jeebies.
4: Should have been in a room with him.
0: Five. Legalized lane-splitting is and always be my lit- litmus test on whether I live in any particular state. Okay. Nice. Interesting. Six. Not leaving California anytime soon. <laughs> and Seven. A possible misfit sponsorship that includes the Isle of Man. Oh, boy.
2: Mm.
0: Mm. There you go, mm. Mike D. Mm. <clears throat> All right.
2: So apparently, if you attend an American football game, this is for our European listeners. You will hear a lot of grown men yelling "Come on, D!" at top voice. No, apparently that's, that's the true. Thing. It is true. yes, that's the, apparently the thing to uh, yeah thing to yell at an American football
0: game. Did I tell you? Uh, I feel sorry for well. you. So many jokes there. I, I, <laughs> I one time went to the uh, Alabama. Um, College game, Alabama University of Alabama.
2: Were the people yelling "Come on, D"? No, 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 no.
0: And this is like it's it's big. Like yes, college football is big. Yeah, the the marching band was so big. I counted fifty two tubas. Wow, Wow. it was. This was huge. The the stadium was full, and the crowd kept chanting, "Roll Tide." Roll Todd! (laughs) And I was, I'm like... Who's Todd? I turned to somebody and said, Who is Todd? And why do they want to roll him? (laughs) And Emma doesn't know why this is funny, because they are the Crimson Tide, but in in Alabama... Roll Tide. Roll Todd! Roll Todd! (laughs) I really thought it was a guy on the field, and I kept trying to read the names on their jerseys. Like, who's Todd, and why does everyone hate him? On a similar note, when I was at school... I, when I was very small,
2: I thought there was this child called Woby, <laughs> because, and his last name was Tide, because the teacher would always say, "Woby Tide, the boy who does this, or "Woby Tide, the girl who does this. And I genuinely thought there was this I'm child lost. called Woby Tide.
4: I've never heard that concept. No,
2: and I mean, that's what teachers say.
4: Hmm. Woby?
2: No, Woby Tide. That's the kind of things that teachers say. <laughs> That's, Brit- British teachers. <laughs> That's British teachers. That's British teachers say that. When I was a kid, but I thought there was his child called Woby. Hmm.
0: When I was a kid, there was a, a a kid in my class with a speech impediment who I later found out his name was Cal, but I thought his name was Cow. I called him Cow for the first year.
2: There you go, mm-hmm. yeah. Rover Cow.
0: Anyway, all right. Who's got a, uh, John? You got one there?
4: <clears throat> I do. This is from uh, Hey, my Pakistani brother David in yeah. Atlanta. He says. Tell me why. Tell Tell me me why. Why do people wrap their headers slash exhaust with Kevlar? Do most people do it for a functional reason or just for looks? What is the downside of doing this? Or is it just for looks? So I will answer this and Emma can correct me. Um, (laughs) Back in the day on motorcycles specifically, they would would wrap them in muffler tape or Kevlar whatever, just so you didn't burn yourself. Um, Asbestos probably. (laughs) But you don't need it anymore today. It's just for looks. And the problem is is that Mm. water will get in there and soak into the into the muffler tape, and will rot the the headers itself. Right. But at,
0: at the time, was that right? Performance bikes, you wanted to keep the the headers hotter. Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
2: if 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 you read Smokey Unix's um, book, you know how to get speed out of anything. Mm. Um, if you want the ultimate speed, you want the combustion chamber temperatures high, and the way you keep your combustion chambers mm. chambers temperatures high is by containing heat within the exhaust so by wrapping them um theoretically insulating them
4: basically there's yeah. a
2: problem and the problem is most Japanese and European excuse me have double-skinned exhaust, mm-hmm. mm. and so by wrapping them, you're actually not doing a great deal. Oh,
0: some are even triple-walled now.
2: Yeah, yeah. right to keep blowing to a minimum. So you're not really doing much, but it's kind of that. It's that little nod. It's that little nod back to cafe racer culture back in the old and, days and, and choppers, yeah, and yeah, ploppers. And, and also
1: one one thing that I've heard about that is that because the you're you're keeping the heat in the exhaust pipe um, that. That concentrated heat will end up fatiguing the metal faster over time right um, in addition to put the p- it, possible possibility of water getting it's
0: hot. it's simple it, it is it is the cafe racer in that it, it was intended. For performance purposes and racing mm-hmm. but has now just become an aesthetic
2: right and funnily enough back in the day of triumphs and tridents and Norton's and BSAs we didn't have the the tape you'd put springs on the exhaust you put large diameter springs oh. over the downpipes mm-hmm. to keep that heat in mm. but interesting enough something has just came come to me is two strokes you get a secondary burn of the unburned oil in the In this exhaust, Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. which
2: is why two strokes smoke less when they're hot than when they're cold. Mm -hmm. So if you wrap the exhaust and you actually get the temperature up in the exhaust, Hmm. you could probably get the smoke down on a two stroke. You're getting a real hot secondary burn on the the oil. That's interesting. Yeah, lovely jubbly.
0: You have one there, Emma, from Tucker. I'd love for you to read. From Tucker? Yeah.
2: Oh, here we are from tucker do you know who that is yes i know who this is long time no see this is tucker getting in touch from portland oregon where the tail end of a wonderful u.s motorcycle adventure begins (coughs) hope you are doing well i've been missing the garage a lot i was in lab monster mode wrapping up time sensitive experiments for a couple of months before leaving looking forward to catching up and wrenching with everyone after what sounds like a super eventful summer. Every year, I fly into Minot, uh, ND. Where's ND? North Dakota. North Dakota. Minot. Is it Minot? Mm -hmm. Okay. Why not? (laughs) To work for my cousin and uncle. I supplement their crow during harvest as a combine operator and general do-what's-needed guy. See attached photos for scale. These vehicles are literally two stories tall. I, these combine harvesters they have out there no. are just enormous. They farm over 10,000 acres of wheat, canola, beans. Give me the beans, darling. <laughs> um, and see with only a four-man team. This year, motorcycle content, get to the motorcycle content. I put touring biased shoes on the T7 and planned a beautiful link-up through the northwest and midwest states. Outside of practically running sideways in the wind across Nevada and the salt flats of Utah to stay on the dry side of the storm system, the trip has supported so many smiles per mile. The curves on Sonora Pass, riding on muleback through eastern Sierra, with partners mule team, picking up my dad in SLC for a midway mini road trip, to see the wild horses living on Pilot Butte in Wyoming and through the awe-inspiring Wind River Canyon and then from North Dakota to Portland, inverting Clark's return journey, he and Lewis split up through Montana.
3: hmm.
2: Anyway, I wanted to say hi and update you, but I really wanted to say a thank you. No doubt this trip has changed my life and the garage is at the root of what made it possible. Cool. Emma probably doesn't remember this, but she gave me the moto therapy I needed to let go of my first bike. It was an 80s XS650 that i been struggling to keep alive on a student budget since 2013. Since then, the people I've met at the Recycle Garage helped set the foundation for this trip, e.g., teaching me how to change a tyre in a pinch or after one. Practicing solid street ke- skills with Micah at Z2, cool. and showing me how to ride in the dirt and gravel, can't get to rural North Dakota on paved roads. Knowing you all has helped me become a well rounded motorcyclist. This is a true gift. Thank you, thank you. See you soon, and all the best, Tucker. Ah. And That's he's great. included some lovely pictures of him with combine harvesters. And I know they're John Deere's. And do you know how I know they're John Deere's? they're green? They're green with yellow wheels. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, there's somebody who built a, a uh, John Deere themed Vespa once. Oh. <laughs> did you really? God. Yes. Not me, but somebody did. Yeah,
2: yeah. Tucker's a good egg.
0: Yeah. All right, uh, Bagel, you got one there?
1: I do. I have an email from uh, Matthew Schuler. Hey, hey Matt. num nuts, aka num nuts Matt. Yeah, and he writes, "Hello, misfits. Num nut Matt's reporting from so- in from SoCal. <laughs> I am on a road trip from the Bay Area for a weekend in LA. Temperatures were in the 60s and 70s the entire way. Friday, mostly sunny and negligible wind." Highway 1, a.k.a. aka Pacific Coast Highway, is closed right in the middle of Big Sur, so I had to take 101 most of the way south.
0: Still, it's a nice ride. Mm -hmm.
1: The roads were in excellent condition, traffic was mostly light to moderate, and the views through California's Garden Patch were phenomenal. Hills and mountains on either side, quaint and interesting agricultural towns, and beautiful blue skies all the way to the coast. Coming over the hill and around the bend at Pismo Beach and seeing the coastline stretch out in front of you is always amazing crazy traffic along 101 serendipitously forced my navigation app to route me route me along california state route 154 also known as the chumash highway and the san marcos pass this stretch of road through the mountains north of santa barbara is absolutely gorgeous and a fun engaging ride plenty of hills and twisties combined with nice stretches on which to open up the throttle this old stagecoach route Stagecoach route skirts the south side of Lake Kachuma and winds through Los Padres National Forest. I was very pleased with this detour. Highlight of the trip so far. Nice. FYI, my 2002 VFR 800 has become my favorite bike that I've ever owned. It absolutely loves touring at a brisk pace and does everything and anything I needed to do. What an amazing machine. Finally, a quick word about the potential team bagel Aha. <laughs> i want in
0: <laughs> so bagel and this is in reference to
1: yes this is in reference to phil's uh iron buddy yeah the iron buddy or 24 hours of buddy uh, have you heard about sure. this emma it's, yeah we uh, talked about the, it last week
0: yeah the cleveland moto yes. yes. yeah yes
1: it it's basically 24 hour well he's ride. switching teams because he was team cleveland moto for
0: Yeah, we got his helmet up there.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, he says, As the incumbent endurance contest (laughs) co-champion among the motorcycles and misfits community, I I bring proven stamina and discipline to the table. I've got experience on the Honda Elite 50 and Yamaha Zuma. I know how to wrench. Plus, I owe it to you guys to take a feather out of the Cleveland Moto cap. <laughs> if the stars align, let's make it happen. All the best, Num Nuts Matt.
0: All right, so Bagel, yeah, you've now got a teammate on the team that we don't even know if you are doing <laughs> or have been invited to do. Yeah. So what's happening?
1: Well, um, I, I think we need to talk about this. Uh, this is this is something that uh, that is a... Um, uh, I think is is has the potential to have be a really fun and uh, kind of thrilling event because, like I've always said, it's it's, fi- it's fun to ride slow bikes fast, and uh, this is you know twenty four hour endurance event on buddy scooters. You know um, we don't know yet where this is going to be or when exactly um and i i have not i've not yet talked to phil i uh, tried to reach out to him I haven't heard back, heard back yet but i'm gonna try to get a hold of him this week and then talk about this because i i think this would be something that's really would be really fun so to you do. want to do this
0: i would like to do this do you want a so you need to create a team
1: um yeah we would need to have a team i think four four writers is what we would need
0: so you already have one mm-hmm
1: well, we've got two um I yeah. mean, yeah,
0: one teammate.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I guess we need two more people. Um, Ooh, I don't know.
0: Okay. We Stay should, tuned, Matt. Stay let's see. tuned. Let's see. So, do you want people to write in if they're interested in joining uh, Team Bagel? I don't,
1: I want to, I, I want to form a team. I want to do this, you know, I mean, I, I, would, I would like oh, to encourage people right. to form their own teams, but we will, we will talk amongst ourselves and figure something out. Um, Cause I, you, I think, you
0: got, you know, cannonballers.
1: I, I, I know some people. I, I've got. I've. I, I. haven't talked to anybody. So you got yet. some sandbagging you could do, right? I haven't talked to anybody okay. yet. Okay. But 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 I could I could I could come up with some ideas.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Nice. Well, good. And
1: and and I've also. I don't know if I mentioned before. I've also
2: done a twenty four hour scooter race before.
0: Oh. Yes. Emma, we're running out of time. I want to make sure you get to that one that you have in your hand.
2: Yeah, I would. Li- I would like to read this because I suspect it's been playing on um, Carlos's mind. Hi, misfits. I just finished your latest podcast, which was number 539 already. Isn't that amazing? I need to apologize. Mm. I should not have disrespected and denigrated the comments and viewpoints made by Naked Jim, Miss Emma, Bagel, and anyone else. I let my frustration with the AMA get the best of me. I should follow the, the example you guys set in your responses to my email. That is... I should have expressed my viewpoints without being condescending. I think all of you guys are great and wish I was much more lighthearted and jolly like you are, guys are. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) A.K.E. I need to take more chill pills. As always, keep up the great work. This is from Carlos Fernandez. He's in Seattle, Washington, and he's formerly from New York. Carlos, everybody brings something to the table and the passion that you carry within your heart for motorcycling and the frustration you feel with behemoth organizations like the AMA it's it's a, it's as much a part of you as the color of your hair and the color of your eyes don't apologize for it i don't i don't think you came across as condescending you came across to me as somebody who's deeply frustrated and passionate too and passionate yeah. and correctly so in a lot of ways my argument with the with the AMA to me it's like a marriage. You're never going to find the perfect person. And if you go into a marriage with somebody saying, "Well, they're great, but if I can just change this about them, it's going to end very very badly. You accept and love somebody and bring them into your life f- faults and all. The AMA is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. A lot of what I hear coming out of the AMA, particularly on the magazine side, is enough to make my blood boil and grind my teeth. But there's sufficient in there that makes me still want to support it. And let's be real at the moment. There is no alternative. There is nobody else lobbying Washington on our behalf. So until that time, they can be my voice Uh in Washington. But um, well, I, mean, I accept your apology. Yeah. Thank you so much. You sound like a really, really good cat. Just remember this frustration and this passion you feel about the sport is part of your strength. Um, and it's valid. And it, it is valid. And he says, I think all of you guys are great. Well, we think you're great too. Yep. Tra-la-la. How about a- that? All
0: right. Yeah. <laughs> um, real quick, we got two more emails that are very short. Um, just want to make sure that everyone knows. First off, the Central Coast Motorcycle Classic Motorcycle. Oh yeah, show on the thirtieth. Yeah, is on the thirtieth. Yeah, it's Mike, a pretty. Mike and I went a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah, it's a pretty good show. You know, they hold it on the south side of town as you go through San Luis Obispo. Um, there's this great old building up on a hillside. You can see it right uh, by the free. It's
0: at a church. Is it now? When we went a couple of years ago. Yeah. It was at, well, It a might parking be a, lot of a church.
2: It might be at a church now, but back in the day, it was the old KSBY building, ah, okay. which was before that was a nightclub. Um, But it's a good show, and there's a lot of very, very high-quality bikes down there.
0: I got Gene Romero's autograph last time I went there. Yeah, he's a regular. It's like a three-hour ride from here, so I'll consider it. Yeah. Then also, do you know about, they just announced November 11th, the uh, Scotts Valley Motorcycle Swap Meet.
1: Ooh. No, Hmm. I didn't
0: know about that. I'll send that to you, Emma. Interesting. You should know about that. Well,
2: I shall be out of the and country, I think.
0: While you're looking at that, John, uh real quick, yep. You got to visit a cool place this week.
2: Yeah, I
4: did. I was um in LA for work and had a few a uh, couple hours to kill, so I rode over to the or went over to the um the bike shed in uh, in LA. It's it's south of the downtown and it is <laughs> It is awesome. So um, there's one in London that, yeah. that Liza has been to. Yeah, so this I was is there. the U.S. component of the one in London. It's a massive, kind of vintage-looking building on the inside. It's in a little industrial area, and uh, it has classic motorcycles, custom and classic motorcycles all throughout the place, just kind of sitting there. It has mm-hmm. a full bar, a full restaurant. It has a barbershop, a tattoo
2: parlor, and a store. Hmm. So, All the things you could possibly want. Yeah, it's as a, so as a freaking legit cool. Store Biker. that
0: sells like gear, but also yeah. like hipster clothing and yeah. cool stuff. You know? So
4: cool. I mean, I was yeah. It's just a, it's an it's an amazing place. It's so worth going to. Okay.
0: Well, and it brought it up. We need to start planning our LA trip.
2: Yeah, you and me need to.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We need to. You can't the, let the boys come. No. Why not? <laughs> because. Don't you remember? Bedtime with Liza and Emma on the <laughs> Queen know. Mary. I know. That was fun. Is the Queen Mary open again? Bagel, you yeah. want to take a trip to L.A.?
3: Stop! <laughs> we can let the boys. come. No, actually,
2: no. We'll let the boys come, but we need to do the LA trip because I love the scene down there.
0: It's it's yeah. We so need to put that together. Yeah,
2: Different. I want to go back
0: to iconic motorcycles. Yeah, have a chat with those guys. The bike shed. Yes. Um, go back to the Peterson Museum. Yes, because Barber's doing a display there.
2: Of All the things.
0: So yeah, you, we're working on
2: it. Deus ex machina. Deus ex machina. Ex machina.
0: And you can go get a. Um, a sandwich there. What's those sandwiches that they put together? Panini. A panini. <laughs> yes. Well, Bagel, so glad that you were here.
2: Yeah, so here. fun. Yeah. There's lovely seen bagler in the flesh. Yeah, I like it, it when you're here,
0: because then you can actually see how many scooters I have put into this room. Yes, I and see. And I think if you want to get them, and there's, there's two that I wanted to make sure you saw that are up in that corner. We'll get there in a second. Okay. Um, but they're, uh, they are here. You were represented. Oh, thank so, you.
2: um, I want to say something before okay. we close and I've been meaning to say it for a couple of weeks.
0: I we, forgive you. Oh no. Well, is, it's okay. it,
2: one of the people that I was on the Dolomite tour with Ken burn is l- lovely man. And he sent a lovely little care package of like a gazillion frigging little plastic ducks. And we'll talk <laughs> about, <laughs> yeah. yes. So, you know, about the ducks, um, But um, he's got this daughter, who I uh, haven't met, who makes these fantastic earrings. And I've got some lovely, lovely earrings. So thank you for the care package, um, Ken. It's very, very sweet of you. I love everything within it. Um, And we'll talk about the method of distributing these ducks another time. But the, the idea being is you find a priceless artifact in a museum and put a fucking plastic duck on it. and then leave oh that's
3: (laughs) that would
4: be great
2: yeah no and i mean that was the that was basically the method of his trip dozens of going nuts around the world (laughs) so yeah i mean we let the cat out of the bag now in (laughs) fact duck out of the pond (laughs) yes or the duck out of the pond as it were so there you go so cheers ken
0: all right well um i think that wraps it up uh bagel you're heading back
1: uh later this week yeah
0: yeah emma are you for you already gone to tiktok videos Well, You couldn't wait two seconds.
2: No, there's one with a cat, and I didn't mean to go there. You know what I'm with these TikTok cat videos? I'm sorry. Did you hear it go meow? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just, I'm like, it's cat.
0: Cat. We're closing up now. Just hang with us. Well, well, I'm not sure if I can. (laughs) All right. Um, Big, big thanks to all of our listeners, big yeah. squelchy yes. love, and we we have more <laughs> emails we didn't even get to. I think we're going to save these for next week. So oh, I think we should. Yeah, yeah. There's people have been sending us ride reports. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, if you and want- we asked for that, we said
2: get out yes. and ride your fucking bike and send <laughs> us a report. And those that did, God, thank you.
0: And uh, yeah, if anyone would like to trade a Nikon for an Africa Twin.
2: <laughs> Call Liza Call me <laughs> Or a Moto Compacto Times 10 <laughs> For an Africa. If you have 10 Moto Compactos And you want an yeah. Africa to win And you wire them all together Yeah Actually it'd be <laughs> like Stack a chariot. Them on each other. Yeah. No you could be like a chariot race You could have 10 Moto Compactos Doing 15 miles an hour And you sit in a chariot behind it It'd be brilliant She could turn them into a choo-choo train And, and so go choo-choo, like I choo-choo I didn't tell you but um, Because it's Liza's, Liza's uh right to choo-choo's. It's
0: you know, the, the company that I bought the Amigo from? Yes. Mm-hmm. They have a Moto Compó knockoff. Oh, oh, really? A oh, Japanese wow. Compó. Oh, no. That I've been resisting. Oh. You should. <laughs> 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 but maybe Bagel can't resist. Mm. All right. Mm. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, uh, especially to our Patreon subscribers. Who are
2: easily the finest human beings on the face God. of the earth. Yeah, you guys are the Maybe best. in the galaxy.
0: So keep the emails coming, y'all. Yeah. And um, if you have a bike that you would recommend to me, that is a bike nobody needs, but everyone should check that off the list. Email us at motorcyclesandmisfits at gmail dot com.
2: And please keep the ride reports coming in because it's still riding season. I know the nights are getting shorter. I know up in the north, it's fall is coming in, but there's still some bitching riding. Ride your fucking bike and tell us about yep. it.
0: There you go. And go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. and yeah. you can find all of our links there. Yes. Some of our favorite things. Yes. And our I gotta we gotta cre- start creating the calendar for next year. Yes. Oh, so much to do. Yes. All right. I do, think, you
2: wanna, do you want to do you want to ride down to San Luis Obispo
0: uh, for the show next weekend? Yeah. I'm
2: interested. Yeah. You interested, John?
4: Maybe I gotta check with Mister. No,
2: it's two yeah. weeks, isn't it? It's two weeks.
0: It no, it's week? next weekend.
2: it really yes. Mm-hmm. No, it's
0: not. It's the thirtieth. What is today?
2: Today is the seventeenth. No.
0: Seventeenth. Okay. It's two I'm weeks. On. You're not. <laughs> Sorry. So two weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Time let's, does let's fly by then let's, Yeah. Let's no. Let's go about. down. Okay. Cool. Ready to get get out of here, everyone? Yeah. Right. Thanks, everybody. This is Eliza. Stumpy John. Emma darling! Bagel. And we are out of here. Give it the greens.
4: (laughs) Give it the cool cool beans.